Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about honoring our ancestors, honoring ourselves, honoring our gifts, black ass spirituality, and using this spirituality on our path to freedom. Because we are over here trying to decolonize y'all, trying to decolonize our religions, decolonize how we understand spirituality and get the hell free. I'm your host Juju and I come to this podcast as a medium, as a hoodoo practitioner, as an aborisha, an orisha devotee. And as an all-around bad bitch witch. So I'm really excited about this episode today because, first of all, it is still cancer season. So all the haters, please continue to be upset and mad about it (laughs) because it is still cancer season. I'm being treated so well this cancer season. A lot of things are coming up for me. A lot of heavy realizations, a lot of healing, a lot of like my therapy has just been on point and me learning so many things about myself and having to look at myself in the mirror around things that I don't like so much. Like I realized I was a bitch recently and I kind of knew that I can be, but like it's a, it's an area of growth. <laughs> Y'all don't really know that side of me, but I can be such an asshole. That is a little bit of a cancer tendency. But this week I realized I was like, I don't want to be a bitch anymore. I have tools to not be a bitch as much of a bitch as I have been. And recognizing that me being bitchy is just a response to trauma. I have a lot of trauma and that's why I do that. And that's even more of, I think, motivation for me to quit it and cut it out and stop cutting out people who are really nice to me and loving and accepting care. And I don't know, all of these things have been coming up for cancer season for me. So I'm really excited about that. Um, But yeah, let's just drop this intro. I'm going to talk a little bit about my week. I have a lot of asks of my community this week. And I'm apologizing in advance for the amount of noise that may be in the background in this particular episode. Because your girl ain't got AC, okay? And Miss Chicago is finally hot now. So my windows, all the windows in my crib are open. And the fan, (laughs) I had to turn the fan off because I didn't want it to be too loud. But I ain't got AC, so... You're going to hear all the the happenings of the Chicago neighborhood, (laughs) potentially in this particular episode. But alrighty, y'all, let's just get into it. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is, all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer no say. And I'll never give a play. I'll take your photos to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my bay to make them stay. Cause I hate when Bailey. But I manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah Okay Um, I'm recording this episode on the 4th of July As you can see, I'm not off (laughs) I actually did a couple readings today And... Yeah, recording the podcast today. Don't have any particular feelings about the 4th. I'm not going to any cookouts, which I feel like today is the day that black people observe that we're off work and that we get to be with our friends and family and then we get to eat. And so that is a day to celebrate and be happy. Of course, we know that our ancestors particularly were not free on this day in 17, whatever the hell. (laughs) that we are whatever independence day actually is is it 76 i don't even know because it means nothing to me because my people weren't free that day but look i'm all about eating and doing what you have to do so i hope you all had a good fourth but the real holiday the real holiday is july 9th now when you all hear this it will be i believe the day after my birthday But my birthday is July 9th. So that actually is the day worth celebrating. So I am really just 
existing and basking in the pre-birthday energy right now. And when y'all hear this, I will still be basking in my birthday energy, in my day after my birthday energy. So of course, if you want to just shed some light, shed some love, pay for me to get a drink, pay for me to get some Gatorade the day after my birthday when y'all hear this, pay for me to get a massage, a facial, because I'm turning up on the 9th. You know, you can always send a little coin to dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E on the cash app as well as the PayPal, um, you, as well as, yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah, you can send it, you can send it that way through, through that cash app. Uh, just to say happy birthday to me if you feel like it in your spirit, in your heart to say thank you and you want me to have a good birthday. I don't have any plans, but I'm very simple. I think I just want to go to the beach or something and relax and probably get a massage and you know, just do some chill things and hang out with my friends. So yes, I'm just really excited to be 27. You know, it's just been a year. It's been a year. And I'm also super excited to be taking off a week. Like I took a week off the week of my birthday and I almost don't know what to do with myself. I've been realizing this past week that I have trouble not working. And I think that is an entrepreneurial issue seemingly across the board, at least from the folks that I know and my friends who do this work, they're like, yeah, you have to get on a schedule because you will work, 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 work. You will work, 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 work. And then you'll be tired, 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 tired. And you won't have nothing um, to, to keep going. You will just feel, (sighs) they were telling me how I am going to feel. I'm like, I already feel like this. And I've only been an entrepreneur and doing my own thing since March. And I already feel super overwhelmed. And I'm already having difficulty just setting a schedule aside and being organized. But I found myself yesterday, I started working in the morning. And it was 10 o'clock and I was still doing work. And I'm like, why am I working? (laughs) But I think it's different because you have constant ideas when it's your business and it's your brand and it's your work. And you're like, oh, I got this great thing. Oh, I got this for the community. Oh, I want to offer this. And then time just goes by and it's, it's really, it's great, but it's also like rest. We have to rest. And so for anyone else, whether you have your own business or not, please take a break. Please rest. We are not supposed to work, 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 work. We're just not. Um, someone that I'm working with, Ash Johns, um, she's helping me sort of like with my creative brand and like my strategies and getting my business together. I'll leave a link to her site uh, in the show notes. And I'm sure I'll just be talking about her a lot more in the future. But she was telling me like that breaks and, and scheduling and off time and sticking to it is so important because it is a process of doing generational healing. And how is it, you might ask? Because when we take breaks, we are directly challenging this this habit that we learned, this um, almost desire sometimes to feel like we have to just keep working nonstop and glorifying that because of slavery, because of enslavement, because our ancestors literally had to keep working. There was no true break. There was no true, let me stop and rest and catch. It was consistent, constant work. So when we say, no, I'm going to stop. When we say, no, I'm going to rest. We are breaking that. We are breaking that habit to feel like we are not doing enough if we're not constantly working. That is doing generational healing. That is directly addressing generational trauma and a trauma response of feeling like you have to keep going because we are human and we cannot keep going. It's not sustainable to do that. And so when she put it in that context, I was like, yeah, I need a break. Yeah, let me do this generational healing. And then it's funny, I had brought that up and then I was on Instagram and my friend Courtney Cobbs, that's my Reiki teacher um, and master and also friend, she tags me in a post from the NAP ministry. And I've been seeing their name go around a little bit. I don't know much about them, but... The, the post from the NAP ministry, I'll also put that in the show notes, was your ancestors labored on plantations for centuries and were unable to rest because they were owned by capitalism. They are pleased when you tap into the healing portal that rest provides. You can connect with them while you dream and you should never feel guilty for taking a nap. Rest for your ancestors now. And she tagged me in that on Facebook and I was like, I mean, on Instagram and I was like, oh, shoot, like clearly my ancestors are coming through with a very specific word, like little girl, (laughs) put the computer down, put the phone down and take a deep breath and relax your mind and relax your tracks. And I am doing that. 
So when you all hear this, I will be chilling. Hopefully, not hopefully. I'm going to be resting. I'm going to be chilling. <sighs> yes, I'm claiming it. So I'm thanking y'all in advance for the birthday love, for the birthday prayers, for the birthday little gifts and things. I appreciate y'all. Y'all consistently take care of me in the ways. And hopefully I consistently am taking care of y'all. And yeah, all birthday wishes, happiest birthdays are, are open to me. I'm a birthday person. So, alrighty, I'm done rambling. Let's talk a little bit about how we can keep this podcast up and running. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so donations. Donations are one way to help, well, the main shit, integral, important ass way to keep this show running to sustain this podcast, to allow it to be a show, a bi-weekly show, it goes towards any podcasting fees and workings that I may need to do to be ordered to sustain myself and also the show to keep the show coming. So all podcast donations are super important and this podcast could not be what it is right now if I did not have supporters and folks who donate from you all from my community. It just couldn't happen period. (laughs) Couldn't happen. Couldn't happen. This is a communal effort. And so there's a few ways that you can donate to the show. The first way is through a monetary donation. And so that can happen a few ways. So there's a committal way to donate through Patreon. And Patreon is a site that on the first of every month, I ask for $3 and you just sign up through Patreon on the first every month. They're just going to take out uh, the $3 or however much you decide to donate because you can donate more than three or less than three takes it out on the first day of the month and that's it and it's a committal way to help sustain this work and that's what I asked for three dollars a month that's 36 dollars a year again you can do more you can do less it just helps keep keep it going keep the keep the work moving keep keep it flowing and so I'm really really grateful to all of my patrons and I want to shout out my new patrons Okay, so for my patrons, first I would like to shout out Alyssa. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for becoming a patron. Diamond Dominique, I see you. Thank you. Jacqueline, Leah. Uh, Thank you, Mariah Morris, for becoming a patron. Alexis, I appreciate you. Thank you. Jazz Stewart became a patron. And Crystal Odom. Uh, Crystal Odom is a client. I remember you, boo. Thank y'all so, so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing the energy of money with me. Y'all know I do not take that lightly. And I am sharing the energy of money right back with you tenfold. So whatever it is that you need to manifest, whatever it is that you may need money for at this time, that you get it. Plus, in surplus. And that's just on period. That's what the juju stamp. May you get the coin that you share with me. Um, I'm so, so appreciative. And okay, so that's Patreon. That's one way. You can also hit me up on the Cash App. If you just want to do a one-time little boom, let me send you your little coin over here because I got it. Then you can always do that with dollar sign, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. It's Jujubay. I also take PayPal for the one-time donation. And you can just send it to uh, thejujubay at gmail.com, T-H-E. All of that will be in the show notes. And thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone who consistently shows me love, through the monetary ways and the non-monetary ways. Speaking of non-monetary ways, there's so many ways that you can help support this podcast that do not center around money. Because you might not got it or you might not want to share it with me. And that's cool. It's hard to come by money sometimes. Another way you can donate is to tell people about the show. To subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Wherever the podcast is in your ears. Putting a little heart, liking it five stars, leaving beautiful reviews for the show. That also helps people get the juju gospel out so that they can hear it and love it. And we can all be a part of this wonderful community. So I appreciate you all. Thank you for keeping this podcast afloat. Seriously, I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All you need is a little juju. Okay, y'all, I have an ask. And okay, let me start by saying... Pride Month is over now. Pride Month was June. And for those who don't know, Pride Month is a month in the States. Actually, is this an intern? Is that an international? I have no idea. But at least in the States, it is the month that queer, you know, LGBTQ people celebrate and hopefully resist the system that tells us that 
we are not wonderful and valuable and worthy of celebrating because of our genders or because of our sexual orientations and how we identify ourselves. So that's Pride Month. But honestly, it's, it's, it's when all the pride parades are. And really, it's just a it's become this like weird capitalist pink washing situation where a bunch of organizations who don't care about <laughs> LGBTQ people any other time care for one month and put rainbows on the storefront. No shade, but shade. So I came out with a little pride post, even though it was after June. I didn't make any pride posts, which I don't necessarily feel no type of way about. But I I often think that it's important and and it will be important for me to name that I am not a heterosexual woman and I'm not necessarily one that's like, ooh, I gotta say that I'm, you know, bi, which I'm still trying to sort through if I want to give what I'm experiencing, you know, my experience and name. I just don't really feel like any of them truly, I don't feel home in any of the the names right now, but for lack of a better term, I would just say bye. And for me, that's just being attracted to whoever I I am. And And it exists beyond two genders for me, but whatever. So I came out on my Instagram and I, and I just named that because I recognize that a lot of people who probably interact with my work and not, yeah, who interact with my work and people who talk about African traditional religions, people who are talking about Pan-Africanism, people who are talking about ancestral traditions, it tends to come with a lot of baggage around heteronormativity. It, it tends to be very straight centered. It tends to be very centered around genitals and not inclusive of people who have different genitals, both genitals. You know, it's just very, you know, bio-essentialist. It can be. And I noticed that. And it can be extremely transphobic. It can be extremely homophobic. And that's just not what you're going to get from me. That's not my energy. So I think that it's just going to be important for me to name because I recognize folks who may be listening could potentially want something from me or want me to to talk about something that is against my politic or even against my own identity as a person in the LGBTQ community. Now... <clears throat> I know that in right now I'm thinking about Orisha tradition. There are Orishas that are genderless, that do not have a gender. And that there are Orishas that go between genders depending on the lineage, depending on where in Nigeria you might be. Obatala is one. There's another Orisha that is, I see the Orisha, it's a snake, and I cannot remember the name, but who also is genderless or switches between gender. So the idea of gender fluidity within our, and within African traditional religion is not uncommon. It is actually extremely common because we have examples of it. At least we do in Orisha tradition and others. And on top of that, there are religions of our people that are very bio-essentialist. And what I mean by that is there is a strong placement on body parts. There is a strong... People who are born with a uterus have access to this kind of power, have access to this kind of spirituality, have access to this kind of thing. If you were born with a womb, if you were not born with a womb and you were born with a penis, you have access to this kind of spirituality, you have access to this kind of medicine, you have access to this kind of people. And there's not always the receipts on what about the people who might not fit into that binary. Because I'm not going to sit here and say that all of African traditional religions that our people come from are not bio-essentialist and also how we may understand it 
in a Western context, trans-exclusionary because they can be trans-exclusionary. And I want to be honest about that. The difference is that just because, hmm, how do I say this? Because this is a very touchy topic. The difference is that ancestrally and indigenous African ancestral-wise, if you were outside of the binary, then you had access to your own medicines. You had access to a different type of spirituality, a different type of connection. And all the other folks who felt and were similar to you and had your experience sort of created and did their own things. So like people who might have been gender non-conforming or trans as we understand it now in this particular context would be doing their medicine over here. People who were born with wombs and uteruses as many were we're calling women were doing their thing over here and people who were born with penises who people will be named as man or male were doing their things over here and unfortunately we don't have receipts for the medicine around who was tra- who was understood as transigency at this time what were the medicines what were they doing? What was the work? What were their spiritual names that they went by? And this is these are just all things that I, I, I have talked about with my elder, Maisha. We actually talked about this yesterday. Um, and I want to shout out Davon too, a friend of mine on Facebook, because I was asking, what, what, what should I talk about on the podcast? And they brought up this, this topic. And this is something that I've always wanted to delve into as well. But there's just not, for me, enough information. And I don't have the access because I am not a trans person. I am not a gender non-conforming person in the ways that we understand it in the Western context. So I don't, I don't have that access, but I might ask is to my listeners. If anyone is listening, not, not even just, I'm not, this isn't like a call to necessarily all GNC folks, but I know that someone is doing the research around this. I am looking for the receipts. I, cause I feel it in my spirit. I know our ancestors were not out here bashing and demonizing folks with different body parts or who's who didn't identify with the with the uh sex that they may have been assigned at birth i know that i know that in my spirit and i know that from my own spirits but i don't have the receipts I don't know where to look to find that, to speak to it. Like, oh, these people in this particular land, they were named blah, blah, blah. And no shade to um, Native and Indigenous, um, like Native American folks. I'm talking specifically right now about folks who were in Africa, Black people in Africa. What were they doing? What was that? What would, what did that look like? And I know someone somewhere is creating a list. I know someone somewhere has in this part of, you know, Benin, these particular people were doing this in the Congo. They had this kind of thing in the, in the Orisha tradition. These are the Orishas that go between genders. And I know that it exists. So I want to put the ask out for someone who is doing that work, someone who is doing that research and has the receipts. Cause I know someone has it somewhere. I know it is in a book somewhere. I know someone has created blog posts with links. I know someone has, I, I just know it. It's in a library somewhere under some books. If you are someone who is engaging in research like that, please reach out to me because I would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you on the show. Come with the truth, come with the tea, come with the receipts, come with the facts so I can give name and we can just talk about this a lot more because I definitely don't feel comfortable talking about it on my own. And it is a topic that's really important for us to name because so many people around us, trans and GNC people are looking and black trans and GNC people who are, who have left uh, Christianity and other Abrahamic faiths are seek and, and involved in ATRs are seeking the validation from this work that they're, I know I existed beyond this moment. I know my ancestors were were queer. I know my ancestors were GNC. I know my ancestors were trans. And I definitely know that to be true because queer ancestors come through in divination all the time. (laughs) With all of my clients who are of all different identities, I'd be like, baby, you need to shake your family tree and see what comes out because you ain't the only one. You ain't the only one. So I know that to be true, but I want receipts on how were they interacting in our traditional African religions. So please, if anyone has access to that, I would love to talk to you. Please email me, 
let's chat and let's get this this information out there and dispel these myths that have taken over our communities around this <laughs> being gender variant or being attracted to the same gender or whatever is some white shit. Like that's a lie. That's just a whole hogtail lie. Is that even the phrase? I don't know, but that's just a lie. And we can see it in Orisha tradition, but I'm looking for it uh, more in depth and also in other ATR traditions, okay? So I'm really excited about that, and I'm glad I made this ask, and I just know I'm going to get some good stuff. So email me at thejujubay at gmail.com, and let's let's get this let's get this work done. Let's dispel these myths, because I'm tired. I'm tired. And just shout out again to everyone who has come to me before with this question or wanting to have this conversation. Yes, I'm, I'm ready and just big, big, big shout out to y'all. And again, big shout out to Maisha who I texted yesterday because I was thinking so much about this and I was high as hell. And I was like, yo, our ancestors, like some of our traditions are very bioessentialist, but like I know that they weren't out here being transphobic, but I'm high and I'm just thinking about this. She was like, just ask people, ask, make the ask. Someone is doing this research. So yeah, big, big shout out to my people, my community. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. All right, let's 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 keep it on going. All you need is a little juju and a, a message from our sponsor. And I have always wanted to say that. So Cause Rain is a spiritual development service that facilitates connection between you and your spirit team through dream work, holistic health recommendations, strategic planning and goal setting. And so until July 22nd, with cancer season mood shifts, Cause Rain has bone divinations for $77 for black trans folk. So if you're receiving this message and you're not a black trans person, consider gifting the divination to a black trans person. Cause Rain is building health, wealth, and legacies through dream work. So you can find them on IG at cause.rain, that's R-E-I-G-N. You can go to www.causerain.com or email causerain, the, G- the dream worker at gmail.com. And of course, all of this will be in the show notes. Check it out, y'all. All right, babes, let's just do another quick juju for the culture. And this segment is about... What's going on in the culture, pop culture, specifically celebrity tea? I love to talk about celebrities and understanding and hmm, looking at all the celebrity mess through a juju ass lens. Okay, so first and foremost, I really, ugh, do I want to talk about this man? I don't, but just I just want everyone to know that we heard it here first. Chris Brown is about to crumble. Okay, and he's been crumbling for sure, but he's about to hit rock bottom. And I'm not speaking that over him. I'm just speaking what it is. So that's all I want to give name to because I've just been seeing some foolishness that he's been talking about, a lot of colorism, and I'm realizing that people don't even understand what colorism is and are saying it's okay for him to have a preference of not inviting brown slash dark-skinned women into his section at the club. They're saying it's okay to have a preference. Now, this show ain't about all of that, but... I just had to say that that is a mess. That is not what preference means. That is an aversion to a whole group of people. And if you don't understand why it's problematic for people to continue to shit on brown slash dark skinned people, you need to read. You just need to pay attention. You need to read. You need to stop drinking this Kool-Aid that these white people (laughs) gave you, child. So all of that to say, Chris Brown, I think he is, uh, has upset the divine mothers. He, he, he's on his final straw. And I think that this man actually has a lot of spiritual gifts and talents, but he continuously doesn't know how to work through his demons. And I really think that this man has spirits on him that are soul sucking the life out of him, sucking the life out of this man. This man needs a cleansing. This man needs to go into hiding and go meditate on a, on the top of a mountain for probably t- three months straight and be talking with an elder in the tradition and wearing white. Like he really has some stuff on him. It's hard for me to even look at him. So those things are just gonna like a succubus. So that energy is going to just suck him dry. And I really don't have any, you know, I don't feel no type of way about it. I don't feel bad for him. It just is what it is. He got to learn. So just let the succubus get him gonna suck all his energy out because he's acting a fool and he's always been a fool 
I hate that his songs are catchy because he's a fool. But anyway, ugh, I already gave too much time for Chris Brown. I do not like Chris Brown, y'all. Now let's talk about Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey is one half of Chloe and Halle. Chloe and Halle is these this wonderful dynamic brown girl, black girl duo. Um, they are under Beyonce's label, Beyonce's little protégés, because they be singing just like her. You can tell that they're working with Beyonce, but they are amazing. They have an album called The Kids Are All Right. They're pretty young. I think Chloe's like 21. Hallie is maybe 17. I actually don't know how old Hallie is. Maybe 18. But they actually could be a completely different age. I don't know. But Hallie from Chloe and Hallie was cast as Ariel in the Disney remake of The Little Mermaid. And this is a big deal because she's black. <laughs> Hallie is black. And The Little Mermaid that we all know and grew up watching was a white girl with red hair. And Hallie is a black girl with dreads. But she has the perfect, or locks as people say you should say, I say both. She has the perfect aerial voice. Her voice is very melodic and it's nice and this beautiful soprano voice. It's, it gives Ariel. It gives Ariel. I think this is the perfect Ariel to be cast. But of course, you know, the girls are mad. White people mad. I saw some black people in the shave room, which is like a, a site where there's like celebrity gossip and things like that, which I had to unfollow because it burns my spirit to see people say things. See my people say some of the things they say on the shave room. But I was going on this page and people were upset. They're like, Ariel, I'm sorry, I'm black, but Ariel's white and this is not right. And I'm like, <laughs> huh? first of all, Ariel is a cartoon. <laughs> so, so she's not anything. She's just a cartoon. Second of all, people are thinking that black and people were saying that, um, Ariel can't, these, this was a joke, but I think there's still some serious that seriousness that people are holding around this saying that Ariel can't be black because black people can't swim. Now I saw that a few times too. <sighs> so now I got to come to y'all with the juju receipts. Now, first of all, black people can't swim. I know a lot of black people who can swim. I know a lot of black people who can't swim, but I probably know an even amount of black people who can't swim. That's number one. Number two, Oh my gosh, this damn dog. Okay, number two, black people have honored and revered and worshipped what we would understand as mermaids for thousands of years. I encourage you, if you have not heard of Mami Wata, M-A-M-I-W-A-T-A, to look her up now and see her image. She is half woman up the top, titties out, bottom half, straight fin straight mermaid, straight tail. That is a honorable spirit that exists throughout the diaspora and goes by many, many, many names. So Mami Wata is sort of the overall energy of our spirits and ancestors and deities that live amongst the water with the fishes that are the fishes. There are so many tales, lore around our we, our ancestors having seen Mami Wata have interacted with Mami Wata on both sides of the Atlantic. There are stories of, about these particular mermaids, black people. They can be, they're often understood as female, but there are some male and there are some, a lot of our water spirits do not have gender, are genderless. A lot of our water spirits, because the water is so expansive, like gender is limiting. So a lot of our water spirits are actually genderless, but regardless, black Girls, been mermaids, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, look at Mami Wata and Juzu is another form of our ancestors, of the Shona people. These are specifically our ancestors who traveled across the Atlantic Ocean, those that were lost in the waters, those that jumped off to protect themselves and their children, and those that were cast off their bodies in the water. Their spirits rest and reside in those waters. That's why a lot of people tend, black people specifically, tend to be shook at the Atlantic. They either love it and want to swim all up in it or they're very averse to it. I've noticed. That's because we have so many spirits. Black folks, when I'm in my readings, I'm like, okay, so you have water spirits that you need to talk to. You have water spirits that are die. Your water spirits are saying this. Your water, like we have so many water spirits and they look and have been designed and we see them throughout history to look as mermaids. So black girls and black people have been mermaids for a very long time. 
So we ain't even got, this is, this is spiritual stuff. And I'm not saying that to prove to anybody who was not black <laughs> that we've been mermaids. I'm saying that to us. I'm saying that so that you can tell your child or your children or the children in your life that this is something that we have with us and that you can look these things up and see. I'm going to put some receipts in the show notes that you can look through around Mami Wata. And there's not many things around Njuzu, but there's some things around Njuzu. There's a picture of Oshun even in uh, Nigeria at, uh, I think it's in Oshobo. The particular town, but there's a, a a a a statue of Oshun as what a mermaid. So we ain't new to the mermaid thing. Like if anything, black people are too expensive to even play a character like Ariel. Basic ass, no shade. I like the Little Mermaid, but we have our own stories, lore, experiences with being and understanding the spirits of the water. Okay, so we we really ain't new to this. We are true to this. So all of the stuff about we can't be this and Ariel was this. Just just cut it out, y'all. Just cut it out. Go read something. <laughs> I'm gonna give y'all some things to look to look at. And yeah, we can just stop the foolishness right then and there. One of the tales of uh, Mami Wata is that people tell is people have been lost like in the waters, and. They've come out of the water completely dry. And many of them have told a story of having met the spirits of the water, having met the deity of the water, have met some sort a version of Mami Wata. And basically she's like offering them things. She, she kind of takes you to her spiritual lair where she lives. And she promises you wealth and abundance because water spirits are really all about wealth sexuality, sexual energy, abundance. And she does that to her children. She pulls children into the water. They say like when young children have drowned, specifically um, in the Atlantic and and black children have drowned in the water, people will understand it as, oh, she they had to go, you know, live in the water with Mami Wata. As many of our ancestors do because we have so many, it's a whole community in the water of our people. <laughs> So, yeah, but some people come back, they come out dry and they talk about like, yeah, she offered me this. I saw this thing. It was this experience and people will become priests or priestesses or, or elders and speak of the the wonders and the mysteries of the waters. So that is a little juju for the culture. We've been mermaids. We've been in the ocean. We've been in the waters. So don't even start. Shout out to Hallie for being cast as Ariel. And I'm very excited to see this this remake. I'm I'm interested. So stay mad haters. All you need is a little juju. All right. I need to talk about something and I don't even know how to start this off. But I felt very uncomfortable with this and I need to just name it. And maybe this is a conversation that, a larger conversation and I want to bring other people into it around, yeah, this question that I get a lot. And at this point, I get it at least once a week. So I have had a lot of people who are biracial with black and white, as they've told me, colloquially understood as mixed. Now, we are all mixed people, especially if you are of the diaspora. You probably mix with some. Okay, you, you, just, you just are because of our experience. But colloquially, when we say mixed, we're talking about biracial folks and specifically people who have a black parent and a white parent. And that's who I'm talking about now. I have gotten so many questions from biracial people asking me if it is okay to practice hoodoo, if it is okay to get a reading from me, if it is okay to engage with this practice, with this work, with African traditional religion, etc. And I have to be honest, it's starting to stress me out. <laughs> It, it kind of makes me extremely, actually not kind of, it makes me extremely uncomfortable to have to answer this question because I am not biracial. 
My mama black, fully black. My daddy fully black. As far as I know. And I'm unambiguously black. <laughs> you look at me say, shorty's black. And so it feels like as an unambiguous black person to have to keep telling people who, and I be seeing y'all little pictures too when you, when you reach out. Y'all look black to me. But regardless, even if you didn't, you got a black parent. You have a black family. You have people of the diaspora in your bloodline. You have ancestors who work the roots. You have ancestors who are part of building out and creating this medicine for us to engage in. You have, and you are a child of enslaved people. You got whole ass black side. It ain't even like you saying my great, great, great grandmama was half black. You have a whole black parent and you're reaching out to me to ask me if you are allowed to practice in a tradition that is about protecting and, and uplifting and fighting against oppressive forces to black people. It makes me feel uncomfortable because it's almost as if you are not, there's this, there's this point where you're maybe not recognizing yourself as a black person, which I understand that there is very real I'm not, I'm not mixed, but I know that there is very real, like things that people continuously say who are biracial around not being black enough, not being white enough. I'm not even here to debate that or diminish that because so many people say that is true. I know that it is true for you and that that was a difficult experience, but to reach out to me, a black person for some type of affirmation around, if you can engage in something for black people, but you have a whole black ass family and a black ass parent doesn't compute in my mind. And it makes me uncomfortable. Like you're looking for me to stamp your blackness and I can't do that. That's what it feels like. And I'm not saying that the folks who have done that are doing that. That is what it feels like to me. And to consistently get that question from people who are biracial, like, Oh, can I do this? You know, I have white ancestors. My mom is white and my dad is black. Well, you have, that means you have black family. So you have blackness. So that means your people literally were a part of this tradition. So what, what is the disconnect for you in understanding yourself as a black person? And that doesn't feel like a question that I can answer for you. That does not, that feels like something that you have to sit with yourself around and ponder and affirm your own blackness and tell yourself that you are black enough because you have a whole ass black family. I don't even care if you don't know your black family and you was raised by your white family. If you know that you have a black, just these people have black parents. You have a black parent and you're asking me if you can engage in something that black people do and you have black ass family, which means you have black ass blood. I don't know what to tell you, but I just cannot keep answering that question for people. I think that's something that you have to ask yourself. And I know that folks are not doing it to be disrespectful, that folks are not doing it, obviously, to get on my nerves. I know all of that. You all are doing it. And everyone who has asked me says, I just want to make sure that I'm not appropriating. I just want to make sure that this is a space for me, but I'm feeling called. My first thing is, if you're feeling called and you're black, you have black ancestry, what are you asking me for? And why would you be appropriating something that you literally have a blood tie and birthright to doing and practicing. I just, I mean, like, y'all, it stresses me. It does. And I know nobody means harm by it, but there's these little things that happen in these nuances where it's like, this feels like something that you need to work through and think about. And so I wanted to at least give my energy to this platform around how I'm feeling about getting that question. And then I will say, and so it's like, I can't even say, of course you can get a reading from me. Of course you can practice hoodoo. Now I'm like, I don't know if you can. I don't know because of that very real point of disconnect that you're coming to me with. That's separating you, that you have separated somehow from your own blackness. And I'm sure that has happened because of your experiences. And I'm not diminishing that. But again, this feels like that's not a question for me to answer for you. That's something that you have to ask yourself. And just me as an unambiguously black ass person can't affirm or stamp 
that blackness for you or what you can practice or what you can't practice. I can't tell you that. Now I'm gonna tell anybody else can't that they can't practice it. They ain't black. They don't have no traceable black ancestry and they just like, oh, I just feel called to hoodoo. But like, you really need to be throwing runes. Um, that's, that's, that's a different conversation. I'm talking to my people now and I consider you my people, so I'm confusion. I'm confusion. Cause if you don't consider yourself my people, why are you reaching out to me? Okay, we all have white ancestors. If you are part of the diaspora, you probably have a white ancestor. I know I have white ancestors. We are black, black people, like I, if you are a descendant of chattel slavery, you have some white ancestors in you because of the consistent rape that happened within our lineages that we know about. And people will say that some black folks was just choosing to be with white people because that's how whole Creole people were created. A whole different race and class of people was created because of race mixing in Louisiana. Now, if you want to get on, this was this was consensual or not, that's a whole different thing. But even people who were not enslaved, engaging in relationship with white folks and having children with them because the white some of these white men was putting them in houses and paying for their stuff. And that they could buy out their family's freedom. People were doing that. Folks was doing that. Buying out their cousin's freedom. Buying out their auntie's freedom. Because they didn't. They had that white man who put them up in that house. And they had access to some wealth. And it was buying black people out. So obviously there's other ways that we've been race mixing. But we all got some white in our family. Whether consensual or was not consensual. Many of it was not consensual. So essentially, we really are all mixed, if you want to say it like that. We all have different racial, I mean, we just, we just do. So I, and, and the, and the choice to work. So, so when people come to me and say things like, well, I have white ancestors, so I don't know if I can do this. I got white ancestors too, and I'm doing it. I have white ancestors. Most people doing this work have white ancestors. This work is not focused on those white ancestors. And if it is focused on them in any kind of way, it's working their spirits to get what we want. I had a white ancestor come to me maybe a month ago. And took up a lot of space when I was at my altar. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you finish, but just know you owe me, my nigga, <laughs> you, you owe me and you owe my ancestors. So you're not going to be up there chilling in the spiritual realm. You are going to be working. You are going to make sure that you open my door so that I have access to shit. You were going to make sure that I meet the people that I need to see. I'm going to work you like you worked my people. You're my ancestor. You want to be venerated. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to make up for the, the, the years, the hundreds of years and the years that are still going on that black people have not been able to move forward and excel in, in this society in the ways that we deserve to. So I'm going to put your ass to work. Now, everybody don't work with their ancestors, with their white ancestors. Some people ignore them. Some people have no interest in, in doing that. I work mine. I work mine. You sorry now that you went to the spiritual realm? That's fine. Show me you're sorry and atone for your behavior by doing the work for me and on behalf of my ancestors who are still in the ancestral realm trying to heal from the trauma that you and your kind caused my people. Oh, I'm putting your ass to motherfucker where I am not ignoring you. Oh, I'm gonna know who you are by name and you're gonna come through and you're gonna make it right. You're gonna make things right because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, he came to me feeling all bad. Tuh. Keep feeling bad. <laughs> and you need to atone. So that is what I, I say, you know, for people who someone asked a question today, you know, how do we work with our white ancestors? That's how you do it. You, you, if you want to work with them, just call on them. And some of us have, some of us have ancestors who are white even before whiteness was created, because we know that being white and being black has not always existed. That was a, a marker that was created after 
colonization and like Western influence. People weren't born like, oh, we're white. People were known by their ethnic group. When you were born and you were, people weren't like, oh, I'm black. They're like, no, you are Kenyan. No, you are, you are from the, the Congo and you are Bakongo. You are Yoruba. You are Italian. You are Irish. It wasn't white. It was this, this shit was made and created so white supremacy could, could create something and use it to be able to subjugate groups of people. That's why whiteness was created. So a lot of us have ancestors before that whiteness was created. So people will come through and be like, who is this white person that I have? And it's like, yeah, you got a white ancestor, but they actually not even hip to the white what that even is. They don't even like white whiteness. They're like, no, why, why are we white? What, what is white? You are Irish, bitch. This is what we did as Irish people. What is this foolishness that, that my lineage has done? I'm confused. But we understand them as white ancestors. But this particular white ancestor who came through for me was not that. It was like, oh no, this, this was a, this was a slave owner. This is someone who owned my ancestors and raped them. <sighs> so that is my, I just needed to get that off my spirit. <sighs> Cause it is really, it's just, it's just all this. Is, it's just a lot. You know, this race stuff got us all just in a tizzy and confused and not feeling like we're enough. I'm just talking about all of us. Black folk, mixed folk. And we really have to sit with ourselves and figure out how this is affecting us, how this could be affecting us, how we're moving, how we identify, what is our identity, what are we leaning towards, what's calling us, what's not, and be honest about that. But I can't answer that question for anyone else uh, anymore. I'm going to lead you all to this particular portion of the show if I do get this question again and I hope that I'm making sense and I hope that this came off in the ways that I wanted it to in love but also in make sure you're checking yourself okay Whew. let's talk about hot girl summer all you need is a little juju Ooh, child, let's lift the mood. Okay, so first of all, I want to shout out Big Daddy Davey Wavy on Instagram uh, because I asked, what should I talk about this week? And he was like, talk about how we can use hoodoo to have a hot girl slash boy slash nigga summer. Gotta be gender inclusive. And that's actually what he said. So <laughs> shout out to you, David. And I thought that was a great idea to sort of just lighten the mood, end it on a cute little note. So how to have a hot person summer. And if you don't know, hot girl, hot girl summer is from our queen, um, Megan the Stallion, who I talked about last episode, who is a rapper, and I think that she came to awaken the divine feminine in all of us and get our asses together. And sis is really doing that. She's amazing and she's a stallion. And I wish I could be a stallion, but I'm short. So I'm just a hot girl. Anyway, so how to use hoodoo to have a hot boy girl nigga summer? First. If you're trying to be attractive, you know, summer's all about, you know, turning, breaking necks, just being fine, being sexy, stepping into your sex appeal, stepping into your power, letting the heat just radiate off your melanin. You just got these niggas going, ooh, who is that? Who is that? We're going to talk about how to get the hoodoo. Who is that? So first, some herbs that you can use to sort of boost up that sex appeal, make people want to, ooh, I don't know. Okay, so first you can get you some Adam and Eve root. Look that up. That is a popular uh, root used to bring attraction to oneself. Obviously, with the name of Adam and Eve, it feels very uh, heterosexual. I have not... I don't know if I have receipts on people who have used it who are LGBTQ. I'm not sure, but I want to say yes. I want to say yes. But I don't want to speak it. But Adam and Eve root is good for that. To bringing lovers. If you're trying to be on that stuff for the summer. 
You also, a good herb for self-love is an aphrodisiac. It's very attraction heavy, whether you're trying to just step into your own confidence or step or have other people recognize your confidence, whatever intention you put in it. Damiana is a great herb for that. D-A-M-I-A-N-A. All of this will be in the show notes. I'm going to list them out. Catnip, another seduction type herb. If you're trying to be out here just feeling yourself, seducing yourself also other people but you most importantly rose petals classic you can get dried rose petals from online anywhere or you can just buy some actual roses and you can use these particular herbs if you want to make a spiritual bath with it putting it in the bath and sort of speaking the these affirmations and intentions over yourself you can also make a jar you want to look up how to do a little self-love, a little conjuring, a little self-love energy in these jars. I can't tell y'all all the tea. I can give y'all a little bit, but you got to do the research. That's part of this work. You know, you got to learn on your own. But I'm giving you the little gems, dropping them. So those are some good herbs to use if you want to be on your hot girl, hot boy, hot nigga, hot human sex appeal shit. Okay? Now, while we're also seducing these people, we also have to make sure that we are safe. So you want to make sure that your protections are up this summer. When you're out in the summertime, you know, that's when the crime rates go up because people is hot <laughs> and it's more people outside to do harm to. It just is what it is. Like a crime rate, I live in Chicago, the crime rate goes super high in the summertime in most places, just in most places. So we want to make sure that we are safe when we're having our hot human summer. So carrying around some sort of protective amulet talisman i am partial to evil eye bracelets necklaces earrings also tattoos um, that, which helps protect also mojo bags i'm putting protective herbs and roots in those mojo bags i'm always a fan of rue r-u-e for protection angelica roots is a great root for protection there's so many protective I mean, it's just, there's a lot. So honestly, you can just look up protection herbs, protection roots, and, you know, bring in some of that energy to you so that we are safe this, this season. And another way that we can do our, and have our little hot human summer is to secure bags. There are so many money workings that exist. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's hard to really say exactly which one, but I'm going to tell you some. I've told you this in the Spiritual Bags episode. Check that out. I'll put a link in the bio. Nutmeg is great. The apple pie seasoning, little mix, is great for money. Bay leaves, great for money. Um, cinnamon, great for money. Irish moss, great for money. You can put all of these things in a jar and work the jar. There's plenty of research on that. Don't be so caught up. And people always reach out to me like, I don't trust the things online, this blah, 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 blah. I mean, and look, you should trust the things online half the time. But if you have the herbs that you know are good for a thing, the rest is really just your intention and not overthinking the process, okay? You, we all have juju. It's using your juju, using your attention to be able to bring about the thing. Half of it is really your belief in it. It really is. Because the belief is what shapes and shifts the energy to be able to bring this thing that you're trying to manifest or repel, okay? So don't get too caught up on, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. look, follow your spirit. Use the herbs, you're going to be fine, okay? Now, people like to burn green candles for money. You can always burn a white candle. People like to burn gold candles for money. Uh, remember that I also said the water spirits, spirits of the water, are very giving when it comes to bringing things into fruition around abundance and wealth. So asking the waters for what you need, taking your ass to the beach, bringing some offerings for the water spirits of that particular area that you're in and pouring some libation for them water spirits tend to like um honeys they tend to like wines particularly white wines but also they like liquors too water spirits tend to like fruits of different kinds so if you feeling if you're one of those people that feel a certain connection to bodies of water 
I wouldn't doubt. Obviously, this ain't divination, so I can't say. But lots of folks have connections to water spirits. And so if you do feel that connection, I would honestly take your ass to the water, take your ass to the beach, take your ass outside and give offering to the spirits. Go in gratitude. Say thank you for all of the ways that they protect you and, and help you. And then ask for what you need around securing this bag for the summertime. You know, we're trying to get our money up. We're trying to get our coins up. We're trying to take trips. We're trying to enjoy ourselves. We're trying to invest in ourselves and in our businesses. So go to the water, ask them. You can do your little money workings, um, get your little herbs. And you can buy some money oil. Maisha makes a 24 karat money oil. That's great. I'm not sure if Hood Botanica makes money oil. I know Hoodoo Hussy makes money oil. I'm going to put all of their links in the show notes. These are people that have supplies around money oil that I've, I know work and I have receipts on working. So that's why I'm naming them. So these are some just little tips, you know, to really just start to feel yourself, feel your oats, you know, with the self-love and that attraction juju that you want. Um, protecting ourselves, which is super, super important because when people get hot, people get wild. And then also getting, stepping into our money, stepping into getting the abundance that we are owed and that we deserve. And I think those are just like some cute little ways to have a hot person, hot girl, hot boy, hot nigga, as David said, summer. And so I hope that that was helpful. Also, leave your ex alone, please. I don't know who needed to hear this. Please leave your ex alone. Also, please leave alone the people that aren't giving you the attention, attention that you want and you think keep reaching out to them is just going to make them give you the attention that you want you actually just need to stop reaching out to them because you're blocking new people new experiences new friends yeah somebody needed to hear that come on baby it's it's summertime be fine be you feel yourself i'm not even saying you gotta go out and do all of that but really just allow the sun, allow, just bask, you know, allow yourself to bask, allow yourself to just feel good. And even just tapping into our divine child. I mean, I'm, I don't have summer break. Obviously there's no summer break anymore. I'm not in school. If you do have summer break, you better be enjoying it and having a good time. If you don't have summer break, you know, tap into your divine child back when you did have summer break, sort of converse with your divine child. See what you can bring from those moments where you were used to go and play outside with your family or you was at camp or you was doing all these things. Sort of bring that energy into now and have you a good ass summer, okay? And I think I did a show today. So I'm happy. I'm excited. Wishing y'all the best summer, the best cancer season. Happy birthday to moi. <laughs> and if you would like to find me on Instagram or Twitter. You can find me at it's Jujubay, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. I am Jujubay, just alone on Facebook. And oh, my other Instagram just for the podcast stuff is a little juju podcast. So please follow that. I'm trying to get more followers on my a little juju podcast page. If you would like to book me for a panel, some type of discussion, some type of workshop, some type of, or if you're wanting to sponsor the show, then you can email me at thejujubay at gmail.com or hit me up through uh, my website, it's jujubay.com. Book a reading with me. I am booked out until September, I think. Maybe August, September, but it's just best to get it in when you can because the time flies and the next thing you know, you'll have a reading. It'll be great. Uh, so hit me up. You can book a reading on my site. And um, I think that's it. Appreciate y'all. And happy cancer season. Yay. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later, later, later.
And now a message from our sponsors. And I have always wanted to say that. 